Welcome to Coffee with Curtis, your home for quality business conversation. Hey everyone, I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the podcast. On this episode, we are joined by the co-founders of Superfy, Michal Tamir and Gil Schoenberg. Superfy is this really cool app that lets you ask questions and get answers in chat by real people. It's disrupting the way that we search and they discuss how they have developed their business. We also chat about the future of search, why voice will be an important component in that, and also the impact, very timely, of chat GTP and the way that we're generating and consuming information, as well as the, I guess, important need to validate and fact check the information that we are consuming. We chat also about online safety, digital communities, and also the fact that not only are they business partners, but they are a husband and wife duo. So enjoy the episode. Michal and Gil, I'm so excited that both of you have agreed to come onto the podcast with me. We had coffee without the podcast many moons ago and I've followed your journey since and I've enjoyed watching both of you as Superfy continues to become even more super. So welcome to Coffee with Curtis, first of all. Thank you. Great to be here. Excellent. Now, I think for anybody that doesn't know both of you, um, I'm going to state the first uh, elephant in the room is that you are not only business partners and awesome people, but uh, you are also a husband and wife duo. Um, so maybe we'll cover the uh, the future of work when it comes to not the, the hybrid or work from home, but maybe it's going to be, you know, husbands, wives, partners, girlfriends, boyfriends working together. But we'll, we'll cover that later. But everyone who doesn't know you, first, Michal, ladies first. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. So actually, it relates to what you just said, because uh, uh, I've spent uh, the last 13 years, I think, in startups, started earlier on in uh, management consulting, and then most of my life in a professional life in startups, uh, marketing, business. And the main place was actually the place where I met Gil, which was Trito. Trito was a social health search startup. I was VP marketing and business there and Gil was VP product there. So actually for us, it was the other way around. First, we worked together and we were very good at working together just as colleagues. <laughs> and then later on, it evolved to becoming husband and wife. So for us, it's very natural to work together. And that's it. After that, I, I helped a friend start his own startup and then got to Superfy. And that's it. That's our lives. I think, uh, I think uh, we can do another podcast all about, you know, finding love at work. <laughs> Well, you know, when I when I looked, when I I, 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 I we were looking for a VP product, we wanted someone with lots of experience in B two C, and I talked to the recruiters and so on, and I wasn't aware, and in any way that I'm actually also finding my husband at the same time. So <laughs> it was not intentional. Trust me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Gil, tell us about you because you are. In my world, you're one of those people that I consider a brand in your own right, because visually you've always got those wonderful headphones. You've got the wonderful baseball cap and always a branded T-shirt. So tell us more, Gil. Uh, well, OK, I, I'm a product and marketing guy. I basically I manage product teams in various startups. 
And uh, when we, when I, and then I met Michal. I'm trying to, to make it short. That like just talking about uh, <laughs> where, we come, where we're coming from. And my passion is really creating uh, products that look great, BDC products that look really great, and that kick ass. That's what I care about. The product itself, uh, that was always the case for me. And regarding my uh, headphones, I have a lot of headphones. Nobody knows how many, but it's a lot. <laughs> Um, well, uh, um, thank you for the introductions, and uh, I, I think I want to dive straight in first of all and just get our listeners acquainted with Superfy. What is Superfy, and also why did you decide to to to, to build it? Um, I, I don't know who wants to take that first. Maybe Michal, you go first. So um, Superfy. Well, we started, Gil and I were always very um, um, uh, curious people, uh, always looking for information and how you can have access to information. And I think that's also what led both of us to Trito, because Trito actually brought the wisdom of the crowd around health and gave access to this information for patients. But what we discovered there was that actually People don't want just the stats and the graph and even the info itself, but in many cases, they just want to talk to someone. They want to get the answer straight from the person who knows, who's been there, and just talk to them directly. And uh, I that is exactly what led us to start Superfy. And it's interesting because um, we always felt that it uh, it's true not just for health, but for so many topics, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it in a politically correct manner. So I just want a fucking answer, you know. Uh, I just want someone to actually give me that answer. Okay. Even imagine, you know, the difference between reading a review about a hotel or a restaurant rather than talking straight to the person who actually wrote this review. So it's both user-generated content, right? And it's supposed to give you the same value, but it's not the fact that you're actually talking to someone. And uh, recently, we got evidence that we are actually correct in our assumption because just a few months back, uh, one of uh, uh, Google VPs uh, just said in a conference that they did a research and found that nearly half of Gen Z's don't use Google to search and they go to social media instead. And the reason when they try to understand why would people go to TikTok, especially to TikTok, but also to Instagram instead of Google to search and what they heard back from the users is because they want to talk to people. They want to hear it from people to actually get people's perspectives. So this really gave us the stamp and that's exactly why we started Superfy and that's what Superfy does because Superfy is an app that allows you to search for anything, ask anything and actually be matched uh, uh, immediately with the relevant person to answer you and then you're in a live chat with them one-on-one, -on -one. you can talk about it, you can ask more questions, get all the information you want straight from the person, actually connect it. A lot of times it's, it goes beyond that conversation about the initial context because you are actually meeting people that are relevant to what you're searching for, but you find out many times that they are relevant to you in other ways as well. And you can become friends or just talk more. And that's the idea. 
that is, uh, I think, amazing and what a journey and uh, to get the validation from obviously, um, you know, potentially one of your biggest rivals, but also perhaps, uh, you know, I know that in Gil, maybe you'll talk to the product that you do use Google within the actual way that you operate. But um, I think that's super interesting. And obviously, you know, huge kudos to you guys for building that because I, I think you're being a little bit modest. No, but I think what's mostly amazing is the fact that nowadays people spend on our app 25 minutes a day which is just crazy because we just checked the stats for all the leading social media platforms from uh, the second quarter of 22 and we saw that we passed snap and uh, we're getting close to twitter uh, it's really high and especially these days you know with the competition of people's time on their phone. I remember that when we started, people said like, why would anyone actually download a new app and not, let alone start using it? And now we were talking not about people actually downloading it, registering it, but using it on a daily basis, 25 minutes a day, which is crazy. And we also have these very addicted users, the power users that are spending hours a day on Superfy. So I think for us, this is the biggest evidence that we're doing something right. Yeah. Congratulations. And I, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gil, I think you wanted to add something there. Yeah, I want to say that I think the most important thing about Superfy is the way that people actually react, react to the product. So it's not just the stats or the numbers, which are really nice. But the thing is that the love that we get, I mean, the love that app gets on the app store, uh, when they connect to us, they send us daily on the like daily feedbacks we are we are getting from users in our email every morning, each and every morning. It's just you know you know it's really really amazing. And uh, to add to that is really at the time they use the app because again, think of it. These are like questions you would expect people to just be there, you know, ask a question after a few seconds, get an answer, and that's it. But it's not really a matter of question and answer. It's a discussion. So they actually, it starts with a, you know, with a question about something, something you, you, you care about, or something you want to talk about, or really something you want to find out about. And then you suddenly meet a few people. Usually you get a few responses immediately. Within a few seconds, 20, 30 seconds, you get responses immediately. And then you start talking to these people to chat with them. And it's real people. It's nice people from around the world. And that's, the, I think, the magic of Superfy. So it's not just uh, the matter of, uh, you know, how many, how much, you know, the numbers. It's really that magic and the fact that people really love the thing. Uh, and that's why we're, I'm really confident that this can become really, really great. Because that, for me as a product guy, that's the thing. If people really love your product, if they care about it, if it's for them, then there I see the the magic and the chance to really create something really great. The rest, you know, it's, it's money and, and a lot of work. <laughs> I think what's really interesting from a product perspective, Gil, what you're trying to bring out there is that Superfy has emotional intelligence in the way that it operates and the community use it, which is, which is very, very powerful because that's probably where the stickiness and that 25 minutes and rising comes in, that people feel emotionally connected because of the psychology that they're actually dealing with real people on the other side of the response. That's true. I think, I think that uh, 
um, it's always hard to convey that feeling that's created when you're waiting and you don't know who you'll meet on the other side and suddenly it's just the right person he's from across the world and you're you're actually the same person you have the same interests it's so interesting to talk i think that creates this very emotional reaction really and that's what we're hearing from our users and that's what makes it addictive because it's actually connecting people around their interests around content like around a specific context but it's all about the social connections that are created here definitely so i want to delve into some of that in a bit more depth in a moment but before i do i want to come back to what you said around um you know millennials stroke gen z preferring to interact in this way with a product and with search and I, th I think the trends that we've obviously seen within say customer support um, where companies are going to whatsapp or other direct messaging tools because you want that direct connection with and often it might be a bot initially but you can eventually get to the live agent you get to the live agent if you really escalate there is there is some there is a psychology there that the generation that we're working with today and you know the generation that will be dominating the workforce and dominating the consumer world this is how they behave and it's the user behavior that i presume is how you're driving product growth right i i think that when like us and others that you've mentioned i think that at first everyone thought that the reason for this is actually uh, them like they want it to be as easy as possible they don't want to make any unnecessary effort they want it to be instant and i think it all went for this but i think that it's a bit different in uh, with gen z's than millennials and with gen z's it's not just about you know being lazy or trying to get the uh, simplest solution don't want to work for it but it's more like you said the fact that they are actually eager to go back to humans, to go back to this uh, human connection. Uh, just in a world going all digital, this becomes an even stronger need for them. Uh, they, uh, they become more isolated, of course, COVID and everything, but not just that. So I think that's a big part of it as well. It is about having instant results and having everything work for you, but also a lot about the human interaction there. I would actually add to that, that I think that, first of all, we're bringing something new. It was never, never available. You can never just ring a bell, uh, want to talk about something and get a human to talk to immediately, whatever the subject is. So it is something new. And uh, you talked about uh, uh, Google, naturally, other websites, forums, uh, ChatGPT, all of these things. I think that, first of all, I use a lot of these tools. I use ChatGPT for many things, and naturally, everybody uses Google. Uh, the thing is that it's if, we, if you had the chance to have an upgrade, you would always go to the... People just don't know there's a possibility. You know, we're a small company. We're, we're from... Uh, Tel Aviv, you know, it's not a huge company yet. But the thing is that it's an upgrade, right? If you're talking about a, a live person uh, type of thing, you know, chatting with a bot usually on WhatsApp, and then maybe you'll get somebody bored in the, in the support that will come back to you and, you know, answer with a few lines. You're always, you would always prefer a real person. You're not, you would actually want them to come to the room and talk to you, right? 
that would be the best. Just either here is the support you need, here's the help you need. That's not available. Now we're, we're getting downgraded in the last 10 years into like chatbots where they're not really nice, they're not really helpful. And everything is going to that. So when she said that, the cold digital world, it's very, it can help you with many things, but when you really need help and when you want to talk to somebody, naturally everybody would, I think everybody would prefer to talk to a real person. I mean, what do you want a social network full of uh, bots? What do you go to a Facebook full of bots or the Instagram full of bots or to see a TikTok videos that uh, AI made and just watch them all day long and give them likes? You wouldn't. So that's the thing. We're bringing the real person. I don't think it's directly competing with all of these other things because everything has its own use. I think what's really interesting about what you said there, Gil, is that you're working, and again, I'm not the product guy here, so you will uh, tell me if I'm saying things wrong, but you're working, I presume, more on the interest graph that I ask a question and therefore the, the responses that you're able to bring back to me from real people are from people that are at a high probability of being similar to me, whether it's location, education, interest in uh, social activities or travel, as opposed to searching just random information that is based on either the social graph or, you know, just a, a, the, the modern day encyclopedia. Am I, am I on the right lines here? Yeah, 100%. Which yeah. is powerful because you, you, you have people then more connected to the, the end result and they're more willing probably to give back. How many of your users who get an answer go on to become feedback providers themselves? So it, it, it's actually very interesting and it's exactly the reason because yeah, traditionally in forums and Quora, such places, it was a known fact that most of the users just read the content and only one to three percent of the users actually contribute content, you know, either ask questions or answer others. And Quora, I think it's one percent actually, because, you know, most of you like think of yourself, right? When you go to Quora or forums, you usually just read other people's questions and answers from before the feed. And we don't have this feed at all. So you're only getting a pinpoint questions that are sent your way that the system decided that are relevant to you. And as a result, well, of course, most of the people in Superfy ask questions because that's what you do there. But can you guess what percentage actually answer others? Um, I'm going to take a stab. Maybe uh, if we work on such a low industry average, maybe 30%. So we started early on at 46%. It was very high at the time. Now we're at 85%. Wow. 85%, so, yes. So, so you're building not only the functionality to search, but you're building this a probably overused word, but in your case, it's actually true, community. Certainly. And it, it's very strange because, I, you know, we're also getting from users the feedback that they feel a part of a community. And why am I saying that this is strange? Because it's actually the opposite from a community. Like you don't have a feed. You can't read other people's conversations. You only see the questions that you ask and the questions that you answered and your own discussions. It's basically like a chat app. And Although that's the case, they still feel a part 
of a larger community, which is very, very interesting. And yeah, I, I soon it will be. Soon it will be a really a real a real community with the groups featured. Yeah, yeah. That will really turn it into. A... Gil, tell tell us more about that. You have a new product feature coming out. Well, uh, I, I can't specify a lot <laughs> because it's uh, not released yet and it's in the works. Uh, but basically, but because I already mentioned it, uh, it's called Super Groups. And it's, it's going to have two tiers. First of all, there'll be like bigger groups. Imagine that you're using the app, you know, asking questions, talking to people, chatting, you know, basically Superfly is a chat app. So you're just talking to people about the things you care about. And suddenly you get an invitation for a group about something you really care about, like something that is really, you know, really the things you, you have to talk about. And then you can join the group and become a group member. So that's, uh, that's one option. Uh, that they'll be basically uh, the subjects will be delivered from from the AI itself. It will find what other the subject people are talking about now. For example, if there's you know the whole Will Smith thing and the Oscars, it, it happens. Everybody wants to talk about it. It will create automatically a group of, about that, and it will be sent to people who uh, the AI thinks uh, are relevant to that. So that's one thing. The other thing will be actually asking a question, but instead of getting a one-on-one, -on -one, which is what Superfly does now, you'll have the option to create a group for that. So you're, there are many things that you want to just, you really want to talk to a single person about. Uh, we've seen it be being very beneficial in many, many cases. But again, there are many other cases where talking to a lot of people about it to get like a group of uh, you know support or help with something, or you really want to hear a few people at the same time and have them talk about it, uh, which is a really different dynamic, by the way, uh, uh, than just talking one-on-one. -on -one. It's different, It's different, but it's also important, and that's why we'll add super groups. So people will be able to ask a question in a group and then you know get a, the question will be sent just like today to all of the other, to the relevant people, but they'll join into a single chat room instead of you know having different uh, separate chats. So that's uh, basically Supergroup, and it's a I secret. I'm not going to tell you anything about Supergroup. <laughs> but I do want to mention something that we haven't mentioned, and this is actually already in the app. So we added like a couple of months ago friends feature as well, and this came straight yeah. from our users because they kept on asking to be able, you know, to save friends to have favorites so they can go back and chat with them beyond the initial question that connected the two and it, we just received a feedback yesterday from a user that is so representative because he said wow i love this app and it's not just for advice it's not just to get answers for my questions but i actually made such good friends here and i've been talking all night to this one friend that I met and thank you super fine I'm telling you people if you want a place to actually get to know people around the things that you care about this is the place that's so powerful I mean it's it's I, I guess also a lot of responsibility for both of you in terms of the way that that operates because obviously with everything we have good and potentially bad and I, th I think there is um, obviously a lot of safety and um, boundaries within the product that probably need to exist to ensure that safe space for everybody who's interacting there. How, how do you sort of deal with that issue? Because it is a big one. 
So actually, um, this is something that we were surprised how early on we had to tackle. I think one of the first things when we just came, when we just launched the alpha, really just to, to get the sense of what's going on, okay, we need to work immediately on the automatic filters and this uh, reporting blocking mechanism and all of that. But I think this is one of our greatest accomplishments as well, because sure. we have so many ways to deal with this uh, at the moment that I will start with the end result. Um, we are such a cleaner, if I can call it like this, a cleaner uh, platform than other places. And if you look at the reviews, you see that people talk about um, uh, people feeling safe here. They're always saying how nice people are on the app. And I think by saying that they, they actually mean, you know, that uh, you don't feel at risk and uh, and if you see a, if you read the complaints there what you see is that the number one complaint on our reviews is of people that we blocked from the app and how strict we are about who can be on the app and who can use and what is offensive this is very important for us so again we have automatic filters that filter out bad content and then we have the users actually cleaning it for us because if the system sees that a few users report the same person it automatically blocks it and warning and like a lot of different levels of it i think that it's a bit easier for us as well to control it because here we are the one that are actually making this matching so uh, we can filter out a lot of bad content on the way and also i think that it's less encouraging for users to actually try to do bad stuff because you can't really control who you're directing it to. So that's, that's really interesting. So from a product perspective, you have that digital footprint of every user leading to that con that conversation between two potential users. So the propensity for that abuse actually is probably lower. Right. So I, I can tell you that it's a hundred percent, of course. There is no Of course not, but we live in a we live in a and world it, where that is. Yeah. And it's continuously improving as well. But, uh, and you know, people become, users become more and more creative, but then we become more and more creative as well in responding to their creativeness. Uh, and also the AI gets better and becomes more creative, uh, understands more. Uh, but I think that this is one, really one of our accomplishments. I think we did really good there. So the internet itself, and um, particularly, you know, social media and, the conversation that's taking place around the way that the digital world interacts within our, our, our lives has probably never been more under the microscope over the past, say, four or five years that, you know, because of, you know, the political landscape, the social landscape. Um, we, we obviously have the pandemic, which brought its, uh, its polarizing effects as well. You're sitting on a space which is, you know, which is essentially a, a, a sort of current time bomb in terms of the conversations going on. Um, and I think trust in search actually is something which is on the table. It's, it's something that I think users are thinking about because we've all become perhaps um, less empathetic to experts because of the conversation going on online. Um, 
and maybe we shouldn't have been like that, but it's the conversation that's taking place. Um, we've also got um, a decline in trust in the organizations that run the way that we interact with information online. And so there is, even within, I presume, your world, that open to abuse issue when it comes to the the validity of responses and the feedback given and, you know, call it fake news, uh, what's real, um, uh, you know, how can I trust what I see, watch, hear, receive um, from, from you? I think you've partly answered this, but I'd like to go a bit deeper on it. Mm -hmm. So I think first with regards to fake news, I think one of uh, the biggest uh, uh, things that it's causing fake news in other platforms is the fact that they are public and that there is a part of show off, you know, to the crowd and the one is feeding the other and it's becoming a phenomena. And I think there again, the advantage that for us, it's private conversations, one-on-one -on -one actually lowers this risk a lot significantly because at the end, it's just between you two. So what's now, why would you give fake news answer nobody else will see it nobody else will respond to it you will not uh, be able to make this a phenomena and i think i think that for them in their perception of the users it's completely different when they're now with an individual who they see his face he has he has his character as well and you know they know who they talk to it, it changes the dynamic there and the um, uh, motivation to actually spread fake news. So that's one thing. But also you're talking about the validity. So at the end, yeah, you know, it's people answering other people. So just as it been all the years on forums, on social media, it was all about at the end, you as a person evaluated evaluating the responses that you're getting so we're trying to make this better but by actually matching relevant people which is supposed to give you a better quality and that's what we see as well and you're also always receiving a few responses there the average is like four responses ah interesting question. okay yeah so you're always uh, uh, you can evaluate yourself like who should you go with or not but also what gil mentioned before like we're not so much an app for getting uh, fact checked okay it's like if you want that you go to google you go to gpt uh, to chat gpt now but uh, but this is about getting people views you ask for recommendations for their views for their advice and so on so there is no right or wrong answer here in most cases it's all about you seeing who the person giving you advice, being able to actually ask him more questions, which make it even, you know, you can validate it yourself through the conversation. And I think that's a big part of it. And at the end, again, when we are checking the results, not just people's satisfaction, but also we're doing randomly and with algorithmic checks of the discussions themselves. And we see that we are, have very high percentages of good answers as well, you know, of relevant conversations with good content. So uh, the results speak for themselves. I'll actually add to that, that I think it's, uh, first of all, yeah, it's not a shareable thing. It's not, you can't share it. 
and uh, it's not something that can spread like you're, you're, and it's not posting. You're not posting anything. You're not posting a, a, like fake news about COVID or whatever. And on the other hand, it, it actually promotes discussion. It's all about, you know, talking to. So maybe some, sometimes, for example, I asked something about uh, recently about um, uh, the, the war in Ukraine. So naturally, most of the people uh, that answered me were uh, pro-Ukraine, but there was some somebody from Iran that would actually was pro-Russia, and he tried to explain to me historically what happened. But again, it was a discussion. Uh, we we talked together. We talked about it. It wasn't. He couldn't just spread the the word, and suddenly all kinds of uh, children would would see the fake news about what's going on. It's it's not the platform for that. It's not actually possible. Even. So this is your superpower at Superfile, actually, that the validity and the trust in the responses that you're getting actually is much higher because of the trust of the network, the community, the digital footprint, and context is everything. I know that I'm there and I'm asking one person their feedback on something. And obviously we can use the old, the old cliche, you know, it's a pinch of salt. I can decide. Do I trust what's being said? Do I agree with what's being said? How do I interact with that feedback? So I, I think that's really interesting. I guess there's always boundaries, like you know, when it comes say, to healthcare or you know, financial advice, there's always going to be that caveat. But again, it's context. Yeah, yeah but, so- but even there, by the way, I, I, saw, I saw many times conversations where the people that ask the question and receive an answer actually ask the person, how do you know? Like, where did you find this info from? And because it's a conversation, again, they can actually do the validation by themselves, which is wonderful. You know, one of the main challenges in Google, actually, is a known fact that people don't know how to search. Many times they don't know how to actually write the search query to get relevant results. And the fact here that even if you don't write the perfect question, you can get to what to the information you wanted and to the validation through the conversation. So one of the buzzwords in the market at the moment, obviously, is, uh, you know, chat GPT. Um, I haven't yet used it myself. Um, I've been oh, wow. Somebody. I know, I know. It's like on my to-do list, like, go and use chat GPT. Um, what, what do you both make of this innovation in, uh, in you know, AI-inspired um abilities that uh is now open to us i want to start before gil (laughs) (laughs) Gil has a lot to say about that but i want to say that even before we talk about super and the the, what we what will it do to the world i can tell you that it dramatically changed our personal lives (laughs) as well like it's so dominant in our life, like Gil is leaving ChatGPT all day long. <laughs> then, you know, he worries at night, like what would happen to the kids? What will they do to work? Because this will replace everything. So uh, it's the- Michal, Michal, this is not an advertisement for me to now go and do it. You're telling me all the reasons <laughs> why I'm going to have sleepless nights. <laughs> I'm just telling you my experience with having Gil on my side uh, and um, with ChatGPT, and now I will let Gil <laughs> talk about ChatGPT. This was just the intro. <laughs> I have no comment. I have nothing. To say. <laughs> uh, well, I think that first of all, I, I think it's pretty much amazing, and we've used we've been using the technology for some time on Superfly 
in the back end, and there's a, a bot answers that are using GPT technology um, uh, to get uh, you know when you have when you have a really hard question, something that our users cannot answer, uh, for example, something interesting. Uh, so then uh, the bot comes in and just gives you some response till, until you will get a response from a, a real person. So that's, we've known the technology, but ChatGPT specifically, the, you know, the new version. Uh, well, it, I think it's, first of all, I, I think it's pretty amazing. Um, there, it's very different. Again, it's very, it can really help you with writing. Uh, it can really help you with, uh, you know, summaries and everything, everything related to writing stuff. I think it's really great. Uh, and it's actually, it's the opposite of Superfy in many ways. It's, it's completing us, uh, you know, perfectly because it will not give you, it will never tell you which movie is better or who's, you know, uh, which politician, uh, you know, is saying the right thing or, you know, what app to use or it will never give you that. It's never telling you what it thinks. It's, it's just, it can write things about a lot of things, but it'll never give you a perspective, mm -hmm. even an AI perspective of what you should do. Uh, and then Superfight's uh, the opposite. It's actually mostly that. You get what people are telling you, what they think, and what is better, and what, how. So it's really, it's really different. It's funny that people who like compared it. When it came out, everybody was asking us, well, uh, what, is it replacing Superfy? And, uh, you know, I think it, it might be, it's like, you know, Google, uh, there are many things that uh, you can ask in Google and at the same time get a response to Superfy, but the responses will be different. And here, I think it's uh, basically the same. Um, there are things you can ask on the chat GPT and I use it myself, as I said, uh, uh, quite a lot. It's interesting, more than uh, useful. It's, uh, it's very interesting, but it's also useful in many things. And on Superfight's really different. You'll actually get a person there, and uh, they, you know, you, they, you, you reach to somebody. There's a connection there, and as Michal said, lots of friend friendships come out, come out of that. So it's really different. Uh, regarding the future of ChatGPT, I, 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 I think this is gonna do a really big change in in the way people uh, live, especially in the workplace. I think. Wow. So, a big chunk of the stuff we do. Uh, we in, what, in what way? In what way specifically? Well, if you just think about writing, about, uh, uh, you know, summaries of stuff, but even uh, calculation. I've been using it for many. Very strange. Uh, I was planning actually to do a, a few TikTok videos about that. Uh, all kinds of awkward things you can do with, uh, that I've found uh, ChatGPT to be useful. For example, for a diet. You, you just tell it, uh, I've, I ate this amount of this and this amount of this and this amount of this. How many carrots did, did I just uh, eat? And it, it can answer you. And that's not one of the use cases for it, right? Or many other things. So it, it's, it's, Gil, it's, uh, it's such it's such a, uh, a good thing to be talking about on January the 1st. 95% of people listening will have a New Year's resolution to lose yeah. weight. <laughs> So it's good to know ChatGTP will help. But, you know, but I think also... Provide support in any way or to really tell you which, for example, if it's a diet we're talking about, so which diet is better, it will not be able to do that. And that's what actually people want. They want to, they want to ask, how did you lose weight? What diet did you use? And, and then you start talking about it. That's not something you can get from uh, ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on Google, you know, there are lots of, uh, lots of ads if you ask that on Google, right? naturally. 
I think I, I I think that also just talking about what it will do to the workforce, I've heard already from some developers. I haven't heard it from our developers yet, but that they're using it to write code, that it actually generates the code for them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, they are using it already. <laughs> yes. And I think, I think that, uh, you know, the entire education world will change dramatically because already so many people are so many students are using it to write their uh, all their papers and to do homework so um, i think people will really need to rethink how do we teach people these days when you know students and pupils these days yeah, that's, that's can be done, all, all can be done for them a lot from the marketing like gil said uh copy and the copywriting and the uh, content uh, uh, writing and emails and so much so much more i think it will evolve uh, to many places you can think about lawyers contracts like there's so much of it uh, that can change based mm. on this mm. but also i agree with gil like uh, i agree you know we've been discussing a lot about what is the meaning of chat gpt for superfy um, and I think like we, uh, this is what we started with, that the more uh, the world becomes more digital and more automatic and more AI based, the more people need the human connection as well. And it's two different things that go together. I, I think it's actually complementary. I think that once the initial buzz will go, you know, will move uh, through, we will see that it actually sends the people even more to find human uh, connections and to strive for real people. The the thing I was reading the other day is that obviously AI is not good at comedy, for example. There was a whole article on that. But I think I think the bigger the bigger story behind that and how we link it back to Superfy is there's going to be areas of our lives and work and play and education that will just be more efficient to do it through these new channels. But there is a layer, and it's maybe the most important layer, that it will never, ever replace, which is the nuance, the emotional intelligence, the, 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 the opinion, and that can only come from real people. I think it become it it, it 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 does a good match, but like pretending pretending to have that, but it will never be as honest, you know. It will as sincere. You can never treat it, it, it like you. It'll always suspect where is it coming from because it's not coming from someone real. And I think I think that's the thing. And the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Gen Z will not, uh, I guess they won't trust it, like just, you know, uh, work with it. Uh, on the other hand, they will use it for to write their homework, which they already are. <laughs> I know from a lot of our users, they already are doing it. I'm so jealous of Gen Z. All those yeah. hours of my life lost writing essay after yeah. essay after essay. Exactly. <laughs> so, also, so... You know, just to wrap this up, I just want to say, if we talked about the 25 minutes, can you imagine people chatting 25 minutes a day with a chatbot, with a, a bot, with an AI? I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see it happening for the younger generation as much as we 
uh, is perceive them as very digital. They still don't want to talk to a bot. Yeah. And uh, I think that the reason that they're conversing over 25 minutes is because of the human connections. It's not about anything else. That's the reason. So uh, that's, that's it. And also that Gen Z, they don't really appreciate big tech and AI and you know, all these they they're uh, you know a bit afraid of it and maybe with a good reason. <laughs> Uh, I think that's part of the reasons why they really do want to to connect to other people. Look, I think uh, I think it's uh, it talks to the to probably the big crisis that isn't spoken about, which is the mental health crisis that is yep. in our generation. And actually, people actually do want the opposite to what is being thrown at us, which is more digital. Yes, it has its place and its power, and it's obviously incredible. But actually, the the rebellion is we need that human connection. That's the thing that's going to help, you know, the the mental health crisis, and that's how that's how we've operated for millennia. And that is deep within the you know our our brain's DNA that we come together as tribes, as people, and we need that connection. I want to talk as we sort of start to wrap up around the future of search. Um, a lot of talk around voice being a very important factor within that, uh, that, that market. So obviously we have the early days of Alexa, Siri, uh, you know, the Google Assistant. Um, how do you view search developing over the next, say, five, 10 years? And how do you view things like voice making an appearance perhaps in the future within Superfly? Mm -hmm. So, I will start and maybe then give Gil talk about Superfly, but um, I think it's basically related to what we just talked about. And there was actually an AI uh, guy that uh, published an article. He checked because, you know, once ChatGPT uh, was released and everyone started talking about it, immediately everyone said, okay, now Google really, they have a serious problem because this will replace uh, search and I can definitely understand where it's coming from, but then he um, he showed the different searches that people actually make, and he showed that uh, not all searches are equal <laughs> in terms of money at least. So that uh, the real revenue generating searches for Google are searches not about facts and stuff and you know historic stuff or that sort of things that ChatGPT is really, really good at. But it's actually about this, exactly the same place where we are, which is the recommendations, you know, uh, finding a restaurant, finding a hotel. That's the places where Google makes its money. And these are the places that the ChatGPT searches are just not good enough, again, for, mm. for all the reasons that we already talked about. And when you're talking about the future of search, I definitely think that um, with the more factual searches, it will go more and more to something that is similar to ChatGPT. And I imagine that all the voice-related uh, uh, you know, products will be based on the same type of, uh, of technology because that's basically, you know, what is ChatGPT? It's basically 
a better Siri without the voice, right? Or a better Alexa without the voice. So you just need to connect the voice and the voice is the easiest part there these days. So it's going there for sure. Um, but I think, again, you will still have the gap of all the places that the AI can't give the answer to. And of course, I, I believe that Gil will say the same. Uh, we definitely plan to add voice to Superfy as well, not just voice, but also video as well. But it's so important because you know that's how they communicate these days. Um, I think this is something that we didn't initially do because of the fact that all of our technology is based on the understanding from the text themselves, but also the technology has evolved so much and now it's pretty much easy to sure. turn voice into uh, text and to learn from that as well. So it's a natural progress, of course, for Superfly. Uh, yeah, so I'll just add to that that first of all, yeah, we would we, we're going to add a voice chat. It's more like uh, getting an answer in voice or in video, uh, but that's really different than what you uh, asked. I think that first of all, voice with uh, search searches many times is private. So when you search in Google, I know I can't really see you already can on any computer just you know use voice to text and and ask Google on voice, people don't do it. And I think it's because, yeah, it's first of all, it's really quick to just type in a few words on Google. And secondly, it is private. A lot of the time it's private or you don't want to, and nobody wants to hear all your searches. And so I think that I don't really see that changing. Uh, same goes to Ch chat GPT, just a mechanism to move from uh, text to voice. is really simple these days. I mean, any iPhone can do it really well uh, like dictation and all that. So I think that's not really the thing. I think that search will go into, uh, as because of more factual types of things, which is, uh, if it's short and you want a really quick response, just a link to a, you know, what, what's the name of the company? What's the name of the actor? Uh, you know, what's the website for this and that, uh, that's Google. That would be, uh, really good for that. If you want to, get a long response, then you go to ChatGPT because it doesn't know how to answer really uh, short form. It really answers long about most things. It's really, yeah, <laughs> pro prolific. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's that's why if you are, you're, you're asking about a specific actor uh, in a movie that you forgot the name of the lead actor in a movie, Google will just give you the name really quick. That, that means I wouldn't go into uh, ChatGPT for that. It wouldn't, would not be convenient and also not to superfy because again it's just really a fact um uh so uh i'm thinking that uh that what the the big the thing is that there'll be a option for you know short form long form uh and maybe somebody to help you writing write the text or you know give you um the ideas definitions more information and then then there's the human side which we actually hope to to become to be that third uh, space in, uh, in in search, getting a and getting the searching for the person that can help you. you know? I, I think what what could be very very powerful within Superfy is I've already got the credibility and the validity of somebody who is is human and has the right uh, feedback for me. But the thing that still can't be done through text that voice maybe will add the layer to is the tonality that will give to an answer. So if I say what's the best restaurant in Lisbon. And I get three answers, but one of the answers is, oh my God, you have to go to that one, is different yeah. to saying, 
go yeah. to Ronaldo's. You are definitely, it's so true, really. By the way, as an anecdote about talking about the future of search, again, these are things that everyone is now talking about because of ChatGPT and its uh, impact on uh, Google. So people asked, like, Google has its own technology that is similar to ChatGPT as well. And why isn't, uh, isn't, uh, why aren't they exposing it more and using it more the same way? And, you know, the reason is that actually I think the model needs to change the, uh, because now for Google, if they give you the best answer, the most accurate answer at the top, you will not click any link. So, and, and their, their way of making money is making you click on links. Sure. So that, that's the challenge for them at the moment, like, because that's where the world is going. The world is definitely going on not looking through different links and now starting searching for the answer myself, but I just want to get the answer at the top and that's it. And I think that's the main challenge and that's talking about the future of search. That's where it's going. So I, th I think what's really amazing about the space that you sit on as we as we look to the future is that this is a, a topic that will continue to evolve and develop. Um, there is huge opportunity for the whole spectrum of this particular domain and, you know, the whole world of wanting to understand the best advice, the right facts, the right information in, in that digital sphere is only going to continue to be a very strong part of people's lives. I think you're sitting at an incredibly um, exciting interface and time. So, you know, absolute kudos, as I said at the beginning to you guys, building Superfy and, you know, your, your journey continues to inspire me. Is there anything that you'd like to sort of, I guess, finish off in terms of um, updating our audience on, uh, you know, what you feel for the next, say, five, five years of Superfy's journey or where to watch out for the next big trends? <laughs> um, you wanted to say no I, I can tell you that first of all you're if you're talking five-year time so we are hoping that we will conquer the world by then and uh, really be able you know to connect everyone anywhere not just gen z's but the entire uh all generations and really everywhere to get you just to the person you want to talk to um i'm hoping in a more uh you know, not outside of the world of super fine tech. I hope that in five year time, uh, we will see maybe a peace, more peaceful world as well. I think we've gone through some yeah. really difficult uh, years, a few very difficult years in the world. And uh, I'm hoping that the, that the technological uh, evolutions and also what's happening on the economy as well will actually maybe change the trend a bit and bring the world to a bit of a better place. <laughs> I can only join to that. I, I think that was great. So I'll just join to that. <laughs> so whilst we're all uh, hoping for world peace, in the meantime, I wish <laughs> both of you a very successful 2023. Uh, we are on the first day of the new year and uh, continue to, to go from strength to strength in everything you're doing and providing uh, people around the world with the ability to have 
incredible answers to the most burning questions in their lives. And uh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It was so lovely to talk to you. And uh, uh, it was very interesting as well. I think we could have gone more and more <laughs> as much as you'd want. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee with Curtis. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please remember to follow and subscribe to be updated on future episodes.